This is Bucket Talk, a weekly podcast for people who work in the trades and construction that aren't just trying to survive, but have the ambition and desire to thrive. The opportunity in the trades and construction is absolutely ridiculous right now. So if you're hungry, it's time to eat. We discuss what it takes to rise from the bottom to the top with people who are well on their way and roll up their sleeves every single day. Hey guys, this week we're back with episode number seven of Bucket Talk. Last week we talked about good, fast, or cheap, pick two. So if you're interested, go back and listen to that episode. This week we've got an interesting topic. This is going to be more in the discussion and debate kind of uh, setup here. We've got a new guest to the show. To be honest, I know very little about him. I met him like 15 minutes ago, heard some info from Jeremy, and uh, sounds like a really interesting story. Super pumped up to actually listen as you guys are listening. And so, Jeremy, tell me, tell me who the hell this guy is and why he's here. And, and, and <laughs> sorry, Eric, for dragging in the riffraff. But uh, no, this is my buddy Connor. Uh, Connor and me go back a while. Um, Connor currently plows for our company, but it starts prior to that. Myself and the guys at the shop first met Connor and Mike from the excavating episode. We met him when they were backing down our driveway. We had no idea what was going on. They they had our dump truck and they were backing down the driveway and it was a sight to see. So much so that we went out there and were like, guys, you need a hand backing down the driveway. These two, summer job, doing demolition on a restaurant, my boss's restaurant that he happened to um, start. And uh, these guys were doing all the demo work. And that's how we met Connor and Mike, but mainly Connor this episode. Connor, tell me a little bit about yourself. Let everybody know what's going on. Well, first off, uh, Jeremy, it's kind of uh, you know scary now that I, I drive an 18-wheeler. Uh, <laughs> I can barely make it down that straight shot driveway. Now I'm driving around Boston, you know, an 18-wheeler. So it's uh, come, a, come a very long way. Yeah. But um, so I was born and raised in Billerica, Mass. You know, grew up, loved, uh, loved playing sports. You know, was a good student. Um, went through high school. I uh, was an all-star soccer player, and that's when I made the decision to go to college to play soccer. Yeah. I got into my dream school, University of New England, up in Maine. Uh, I went up there. It was awesome. I played soccer, started every game. I think I had, what, four goals, seven assists. But um, who's counting? Yeah, <laughs> who's counting? That's right. And then when soccer season was over, I really got you know into the school mode. I'm sitting there, and I was in class. I was bored. I was missing soccer. So the end of the school year came. And I realized, you know, I'm, I'm paying $56,000 a year to go to this school up in Maine. Who really has $56,000 <laughs> to go for one year yeah. to college? So that's when I decided, you know, I'm going to move back home and I'm going to commute to Salem State. So I played another year of soccer at Salem State. Yeah. Didn't have that good of a year that year, by the way, but that's okay. I finished my year of soccer and then same thing, back in the classroom, back in school. I'm only a year and a half in. I wanted to be a physical therapist. So in order to be a physical therapist, you got to do seven years of school and have anywhere from, you know, two hundred to $300,000 worth of debt by the time you come out of school. And the average physical therapist only makes around, you know, seventy dollars to $80,000 a year, which I, you know, surpassed that by a very, you know, large amount this year. But that's, <laughs> that's besides yeah, the we'll point. Yeah, we'll get to that in a minute. We'll, we'll get to that later. So, you know, I was just thinking to myself, you know, does it really make sense for me to continue on this path? And that's when I actually met Jer- Jeremy. Yeah, I mean, when you were going through this whole process, uh, we actually uh, talked, and I, I remember you distinctly telling me about about what was going on in your life. And, you know, it, it, I actually didn't know as a physical therapist you made 
comparable to what uh, a good tradesman makes in, in this industry. If, you know, if not less. Yeah. If not less. Absolutely. And I was like, wow, geez. And then uh, you were talking about potentially going into massage therapy or something along those lines. Uh, something with the four years, something. Absolutely. I thought maybe if I only did four years <laughs> yeah. and try to make the same amount of money. But then you had this great opportunity. What was your opportunity? I had a great opportunity working a summer job, which actually we were working for Jeremy's boss, uh, building his restaurant. Right. From there on, you know, I met someone else who actually got me into the union. He was the manager at Beacon Sales. Okay. So I got in there just working in the warehouse. Yeah. So basically as a warehouse man, you unloaded trailers that came in, you pulled orders. Uh, Beacon Sales is a roofing company. So we pulled, you know, shingles, uh, rubber roofs, metal roofs, stuff along those lines. And then we would load the trucks up for the next day. Mm -hmm. So I went, uh, I want to say three or four months doing that. And I was like, okay, this is all right. You know, I like doing this. The manager came up to me and said, hey, you know, you're a Teamster now. We have, you know, the Teamsters have their own driving school. So if you ever wanted to get your class A CDL, you can apply and it's uh, an apprenticeship program, basically, is what they call it. So what, so what is a class A CDL for the people out there? So a class A CDL is a combination vehicle uh, above a gross vehicle weight of 26,001 pounds. Okay. Now, now put that in layman's terms. Tell everybody that- A tractor trailer. You, so you're driving a tractor trailer. I'm driving trailer, a tractor trailer. And uh, you have no experience other than driving a truck? Yep. Just a, a regular pickup truck. All right. Um, so- And this is an apprenticeship program. Uh, Who pays uh, for that? Uh, the union pays. So I'm, wow. I'm a local 25 Teamster. Okay. And they have their own driver school. If you're a member- you can apply to it, and once you get accepted, which everyone does, it's just a waiting list, basically. So they go down the list. So, you know, the first person on the list gets in, then yeah. the second person, you know. So when it was my turn to get in, they called me, and they said, you know, you can come Saturdays and Sundays. Mm -hmm. uh, I did it over the summer, and it took me about a month. And I Now, went, were you still on the job? I was still on the job. So I, I was still working my uh, Monday to Friday, yeah. you know, doing 40 to 50 hours a week. Then Saturdays and Sundays for, I want to say it was six or seven hours a day we would go to the tractor trailer school and they would teach you the pre-trip inspection. So basically you just got to go around the truck and be like, you know, my tires, they look good. There's in a good working order. Uh, you go through all the engine compartment, everything like that. So you really had no idea. I how had a truck no worked, idea how to truck. And, and they worked. taught you all of this. They taught me all of this. They taught me air brakes. I didn't even know what an air brake was. I just thought, <laughs> you know, all brakes with drum and rotor. You know what I mean? Yeah. They taught me air brakes. They taught me everything about a truck. And then they taught me how to drive the truck. And then at the end of it, I went to take my test and I passed my test and I had a class A CDL for those of you, you know, a tractor trailer, you drive a tractor trailer. And I think it took me about two months to get. Yeah. And if I wanted to get this by myself, it would probably would have cost me anywhere from five to, you know, five to $7,000. So, so this is, this is an actual technical skill and I, I want to, I want to touch on something. If I getting the term correctly, it's a blindside docking maneuver. A blindside alley dock is what they call it. Alley dock. <clears throat> That's and the hardest maneuver. This is the can hardest do. maneuver that you could do, and you have no experience other. Than, you gained all this experience through the college, through the college, yeah, through the apprenticeship program. And what you end up doing is docking up against the building with a tractor trailer, without being able to see it. Correct. And there's two tractor trailers on either side of the hole you got to get it into. And all this was learned through your trade and program. And all this was learned through That's my amazing. trade program. That's awesome. And then it gets even better because once I got my class A CDL, they yeah. got me into the hoisting license. Okay. Which was, I want to say, was the same thing Saturdays, I think for about a month. Yeah. They taught you everything you need to know about hoisting material. So I got my 1C hoisting license. So what is, what is, for the people out there, what does hoisting mean? Anything that 
is get, getting lifted off the ground. So anything from so a forklift, forklift to a Moffat, those are the little uh, red forklifts on the back of tractor trailers, yeah. all the way up to 125-foot uh, booms, which I am actually running now. So you, you, you essentially take a load off of your truck and put it into a building. Basically, I can go up 120 feet with a lift of sheetrock. <laughs> Jeez. Yeah. So, so pretty. It, it's pretty high up there. <laughs> all right, all right. So all, like, once again, all learned through all your learned apprenticeship program. All learned through my apprenticeship program. No money off your, and your, no money and off your, my program. And yep. you're making money at the time. Mm -hmm. While wow. I'm on the job getting a paycheck, I'm also learning um, and getting these licenses that I can continue and also continue education every two years. I have to take a new hoisting license, okay. you know, continue education So continuing class. learning. Yep, That's and awesome. they take care of that for me and everything. Yeah. So it's awesome. It's great. So I had a, you know, a different route into the trades, and, you know, our trades don't necessarily um, – shake hands but you know e either except way except for when i break my tractor <laughs> and i always got to see a mechanic to fix it so the auto mechanic industry i felt i needed to have continuing education i needed to know how to operate or work on you know an engine or, or you know a truck or With anything all these new electric cars coming Absolutely. along the lines i went down to universal technical institute in norwood and uh, they sold me on the whole uh, automotive and diesel program. For me, it was just a certificate program. There's no, you know, continuing licenses or anything like that. We're we're a little bit different than than you guys. Um, so I left. We went home. We talked about it, and I decided I was going to go to Universal Technical Institute. One of the cool things about being in the military, going into Universal Technical Institute, was I had paid into what was called the GI Bill. So the GI Bill is a stipend that I pay into, but then given to me on a grander scale. So would I pay into that too or no? So you would pay into it if you were in the, in, in, the you were in the service. I think it's the first year you pay X amount of dollars. I forget what it was. It wasn't, it wasn't massive, but it was enough to, you know, kill your drinking money. But <laughs> <laughs> Who wants to do that? <laughs> exactly. My college, it's actually an accredited college, but it doesn't offer a degree program. So I'll get to that in a minute, but essentially went through the year and a half program of automotive technology and, and left there and, and entered the field. So it kind of gave me a good base for, you know, starting the automotive industry. I realized that a lot of things were redundant. I went from being a diesel mechanic in the Coast Guard to being a automotive slash diesel mechanic in the outside world. And I realized that an engine's an engine. Most of the systems were the same. So did I really need Universal Technical Institute? Now, I may be um, a person of unique background, but I feel that I do see a lot of guys leaving the military with, you know, background in, you know, whether it worked on Humvees or tanks or, you know, aircraft. Getting into the automotive field, I don't, ne I don't necessarily think they need to make that leap to a trade To, to a trade, you can just go from Absolutely. one to the other. Nowadays, work experience is a big thing. Uh, you're developing it's a lot huge, of work yeah. experience. Um, a lot of jobs don't want anyone on them unless you have, you know, three to five years work experience. It's, really? You know, yeah, which is very hard to get for someone starting out like myself. Um, I'm only 23 years old, uh, so it's hard, you know. I can't have five years work experience, you know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. I'd still be in high school at the time, <laughs> Yeah. Um, so it's yeah, very it's hard. Like, it's, like, it's like the whole credit thing. You need credit to establish credit, but to establish credit, you need credit. So it's Yeah, all so it, it doesn't make sense, <laughs> you know. So, but so we we get into the industry. I now I'm looking for a job, find a job. Did I actually need all that background? Because I start low man. You probably did the same, and I'm still one of the low men, so that's okay. <laughs> but what they do is, is they they push you up through the through your trade, and you actually learn more on the job. And it all depends on your situation and where you're at. But a lot of employers 
want you to do well. So they in turn invest in your education, whether it's aftermarket schooling, whether it's just on the job training. So, you know, there's a whole bunch of different avenues with learning, you know, to, to get into the trades. And one of the biggest things that I'm doing now is, is I've kind of hit, uh, a, you know, the, the top there and I, I was looking for something more and I realized that I was going to go back to school and I never got my undergrad, which is, you know, my four year degree as a bachelor. So I went back through all of my training, all my schools, everything. And I realized that I had enough college credits uh, through my trade school, through Universal Technical Institute, and I applied them to an, a degree program, and I have almost three years worth of college credits. Now, this is before you, you even started before right now. Before I even started. I gave them all my, my credits. They said, we're going to give you a liberal arts degree, in, uh, and you have to choose a concentration. I chose my concentration being operations management. Yep. And what they did was is they gave me... Uh, you know, essentially close to three years of college. And then now I need to complete my last year, which I'm doing now. And now is that hard to do while you're working or no? It's unbelievably hard. But what it does now is, is I wasn't ready for college out, out the gate. You yep. know, I got where I went to college. Yeah. To God, off. God knows where I'd be right now. I'd be with a pilot that fortunately I, you know, my parents had the sense to push me in a different direction. Um, I went along with it. So, you know, I was fortunate enough to not fall down a path of, of just going through the motions. Now I'm in a, in a better position because I had a good support group. And now I want to take that step. Now I want to, now I want to get my undergrad. I mean, my, my father actually went back later on in life for his master's degree because his, for a promotion at he worked at a, uh, in the prison system for his next promotion. Needed he needed a master's, so he went back to his master to get his master's in education. So education is important in our family. It's just when and what you know how you go about doing it. You know, to to get it just to get it is it doesn't know does nobody any anybody yeah. you know doesn't no, do doesn't. anybody any good. And it costs a lot of money too. So it does. So now I am using my GI Bill benefits to go to Southern New Hampshire University for an operations management degree, which I can use in my current um, job right now. In my job. And you know, with the ever-changing climate of, of uh, the automotive industry for me, I'm actually thinking about applying to Northeastern. I'm getting all my stuff together for a master's in innovation. So wow. I have come full circle from yep. the you know the guy that didn't want to go to college kid in, yep. in high school to to now uh, somebody who's potentially on the horizon of getting a master's degree. So Now, did you ever think you were going to go back to college? No, and actually, you know, if anybody from East Long Meadows is listening, they would probably be sitting there laughing too. I mean, They'd be like, no I was way. Just, I was just that kid. I mean, you know, not... You knew from the beginning that yeah, it, it wasn't was, for you. It wasn't for me. Uh, Whereas I was the complete opposite. Right. I was, you know... You know, my, my mother and my father both went to college. It was, you know, drilled into my head since I was in middle school. You yeah. Know, you're going to do good in high school, you know... We, we have a technical high school in my town. Yeah. It was just drilled in my head. You're going to go to the Barica High. You're not going to the tech. You're going to the high school. You're going to go to college. You're going to get a job and everything along those lines. My end of it is that I started in college. I, I kind of got that push towards college where you got the push to stay the military well, side. Well, so my, my father gave me, and I addressed this in an early episode, but just quickly to touch on it, my father never pushed me away from college. It was either go to a university or go into the military. If you were going to go to community college, you're not staying here. 
it was a moment where they wanted to make sure that if I was going to go to college, I was going to earn it. You know what I mean? That, that, I think that's a big thing right now. So interesting conversation, Jeremy. Thanks for having Connor here. Yeah. High level, it sounds like uh, almost complete opposite paths. Yeah. Straight out of high school into a top college, had the opportunity to realize, hey, I actually don't want this, and, and was able to luckily self-correct verse a lot of folks who probably just write it out and let the parents' pressure kind of get to them. And you, the opposite, which was don't want college, probably don't ever want college. And now, you know, uh, 15 years later, probably when you were thinking about that actually came full circle. And so I wouldn't be surprised if, if Connor 10 years from now is actually, you know, considering those same things. And, and he's fortunate enough, he probably doesn't have to because he's in one of these incredibly uh, lucrative and, and positive kind of inv work environments. But once you go from the low man, which you sounds like you still are, and you get to the top, College might be something that you revisit later. No, I, I wanted to touch on one last point, and, and you know, neither of us uh, went through it. And, and uh, I've been talking to a female counterpart in my industry. Follow her on Instagram, uh, Girl Canic. Uh, she, her, or Carrie, essentially took a different path than us. She went to community college, a couple of different careers, a couple of different classes, but really fell in love with the automotive program that the community college was offering. And I didn't even That's know that, crazy. That I didn't even know that community offers programs like that. Yeah. I didn't know that they did uh, trade programs. So, you know, we were talking about this and realizing that I, there's, there's still things to this day that I don't even know about that aren't even talked about, about the that we're trying college. to absolutely bring light to. Cause I would have, I would have absolutely taken exploratory courses at Just least, at least try know, it out, whether it's welding, whether it's auto mechanics or body work or fitting or anything. Exactly. You know, just to get a basic introduction to something. I think that if you do make an educational decision, I think that it does need to have, I think it needs to be stackable. The innovation degree that I'm looking at at Northeastern is stackable to a master's in business. I think that if you go to uh, a trade school, make sure that those credits can be transferred, transferred to, to something else. I, I, I want to stress it just because, you know, I think with UTI, that was you know, a great opportunity for me to build off that. Granted, it was a whole bunch of electives, but it transferred. I think that it was if a you're stepping gonna, stone. Absolutely. So everyone says, you know, no one's going in the trades anymore. No, you know, there's no guys, there's no gals that basically the young people don't work anymore. But the stat, this stat was really interesting, which is over the past 15 years, the amount of people that are enrolling in college increased by 3 million folks. And then the amount of people over the past 15 years that have actually gone into trade schools has actually increased 6 million folks, plus or minus a couple hundred grand. But so almost double the amount of people are actually enrolling. And the re they say the reason is, is there was a big decline in the 80s and 90s, which we weren't a part of. No. And we don't, totally don't understand. But now that dip created a shortage. And so it almost seems like we're in that resurgence again where – even though we're hearing there's not a lot of those folks folks out there, but there are a lot of people that are getting into these schools and people yeah. that are starting to turn their ear to the trades, even though it's the opposite, right? I mean, it's it's super competitive from what I hear. I mean, east to west coast, you know, the central United States. Well, look I, at the building boom that's going on I, right now. I can't I can't speak a hundred percent to to every faction of of the United States, but I will say that you know the white collar, you know, uh, community, everybody, it just seems like there's, there's so much to pull from. 
that it's it's super competitive. It's it's crazy to get a job. They're all high paying jobs. Yeah. Recruiters aren't calling you back. Yep. You know, there's 100, 200 applicants per job position. In our industry, you could pretty much get a job if 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 you're willing to work and you're willing to you're show willing up. You're willing to do the time. Yep. Absolutely. So I think there's a lot of potential on our side, and it's it's not bashing one versus the other. It's just saying, hey. You know, you're having a hard time over there. It ain't so bad over yeah, it's here. Not good. <laughs> you know what I mean? It's the grass we, might be greener over here. We you know? could we could use you over here. And um, you know, if you're willing to put in the hours, you're willing to work, you're willing to get, you know, a bruise, you know, every now and again. Work in the cold, work in the rain, <laughs> yeah. the snow, the I sleet. Mean, but it pays. You know, it does pay. A, a lot of people have told us for, from day one that you know, it doesn't pay. I still see cartoons of the garbage guy picking up trash and go, you know, don't want to be like him. Well, Which is crazy because the garbage, garbage guys, guys are teamsters. Money. They're all teamsters. <laughs> exactly. And they're all making prevailing wage, you know, in the 30s yeah. with full benefits, full health care, hey, full everything. You, you know, know? It, it even it's goes crazy. It even goes into, I, I heard a story about a garbage guy. So anybody who's a health fitness out there, the guy never got on the truck. He ran his entire route Picking up, so Stop <laughs> he ran his entire route. I kid you not. So the whole Stop. time he's running behind the truck. So talk about putting, you know, doing your physical fitness, getting paid, lifting I mean, the can of the dog. Oh my <laughs> exactly, God. exactly. Wow. So I think there's a lot of potential over here for people who can't sit still. You know, there's a lot of education benefits. Yeah. Um, I think you know if you want to come join us, come join us. Absolutely, come join. There's almost endless opportunity and paths you can take from literally no college, pure experience to the community college, the technical college, to military, to going, getting experience, and then actually revisiting college later on. And there's probably a bunch who missed. So we've got two guys here who are really pushing the envelope, really making their, their coworkers sweat by showing up and, and over-delivering. So if there's stuff we missed or stuff we didn't talk about, uh, yeah, feel definitely free to DM put, us put it in the comments and these guys will engage and maybe become another episode. So I want to give a shout out to Carrie at Girl Canic on Instagram. She also has a YouTube channel. She shared her story with us and she's a female counterpart in our industry. Yeah.